Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it Bilotti flying naked through the air like a skin-tight missile? <laughs> no. It's verbal discharge. A skin-tight missile. I don't know where I was going with Not that. Not like a skin, skinny I, missile. No, because I feel like Bilotti has, when he's bird-watching, he, he's really muddy, and you know mud's good for the skin. It keeps it tight, so... Right, okay, so it's in the, his but, skin but why is tight. after bird-watching has he become a missile? <laughs> What kind of twisted, billoddy, fleshy Transformers scenario have you envisioned for us here, Jordan? I don't know. They just said, think of something, Jordan, and the first thing that came to mind was a naked billoddy <laughs> flying through the sky like a missile. I think and I... welcome back to Jordan's therapy sessions. I feel is... It, is, it is probably worth us establishing that what we said to Jordan there just before we whacked that record button for this, which if Robbie... Would you care to mention which special episode this is? Oh, oh, yeah. This is, I mean, it's the 12th show we've recorded, but this is episode 10 Ooh. of Verbal Discharge. And it just was... before we started episode 10, we said to Jordan, hey, Jordan, you're starting the show this week. He gave <laughs> us no indication of what he was going to say and then spoke about Bill Oddie's skin-tight, fleshy missile. <laughs> <laughs> no, not his skin. Not his skin-tight, <laughs> fleshy missile. That's oh, something completely different. Him as a skin-tight, fleshy it's missile. Yes. <laughs> Amazing, though, that we've got the podcast title sorted in like, record time. <laughs> and that's that one sorted for the week. See, we don't have to keep our ears open now. No. Like, my editing session going to be a lot easier. I don't actually have to listen to the thing. I just go, oh, I've got a title already. Fine, skin done. Fleshy missile. <laughs> so if you're listening into Bill Oddie's skin type fleshy <laughs> missile, um, cheers for listening. Uh, this is episode 10 in the Discharge podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's a milestone in the podcast saga. To introduce ourselves, for those of you that are new and haven't turned off already, uh, my name is Robbie and my favourite Bill Oddie is the dolphin. My name's Jordan, and I use these as a therapy session. <laughs> my name's James, and I'm currently awaiting to hear about my trial. Um, in case anyone has heard about it, I deny all of the allegations. <laughs> Not once, on no occasions, did I get naked in Morrison's. Just throwing that out there. Had you're, to get that off my chest. You're not Bill Oddie. Um, okay, so... I... <laughs> Was that a thing that he did? Did he get naked in Morrison's? Yeah, in the, in the packed meat aisle. <laughs> oh, Jordan, I'm is sorry. that... Are we I'm that sorry. Low? I'm sorry. Is that what we're establishing for ourselves? <laughs> is that where we're setting the bar? Bill I don't know about skin you guys. <laughs> but I'm running with a theme here. And it's Bill Oddie's penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, this is episode 10, as mentioned, of Verbal Discharge, the skin-tight Bill Oddie missile <laughs> special. Um, the ep this is our first, of course, since the first show we've done, the first landmark we've hit, really. Yeah. I mean, I thought that episode 7 of Very Verbal Discharge Christmas, um, colon, full-blown racism, was a landmark in some ways, but not numerically. Um do you so, remember the other landmarks we hit? Like that time when we hit the Great Sphinx in episode four? Yeah, that time we hit the uh, the Twin Towers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, so basically, I last week invented the time machine. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. It, was, it was a great moment, and I'd talk more about how I did it, but, I mean, science doesn't want me to. Basically, what I did with my... I, I decided to abuse my powers and okay. go forward to the year something or other and listen to all of the Verbal Discharge landmarks that I've got coming up, all of the special shows that we do. Okay. The year something or other. So what's coming up is a lot of sort of um, self-indulgent jokes. Okay, so basically okay. I'm going to get going. Episode 50. I'm going to skip straight there, episode 50, 50, which is coming up at some point in the next year, hopefully. So we do a special bonus edition to mark this 
fine achievement. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. On this show, James ingests an olive on air to commemorate the occasion. Uh, ben turns up, which is an- enough for him. Um, Robbie spends the entire show plugging episode 51. And Jordan wears the first leather jacket so stunning it can be seen by the human ear. It can be seen by the human ear. Yeah. That's impressive quality. I wonder how much that cost me. Are we going to get rich? <laughs> Is this going to be something? I must have paid a lot of money for a jacket that you can um, see with your ears. Yeah, we get hugely rich around episode 43. Oh. So, yeah, that's what you would do with your, your split of the money. <laughs> well, at least that we know where we're going there. Also, does this mean that when we go into the future series and podcasts and the like, we are going to become so... I don't want to say talented because (laughs) (laughs) let's be honest, we're not, but we're going to become so adept at this radio format that we will be able to cross senses and people will be able to hear what Jordan's jacket looks like. I don't know. I got a pretty sensual feeling just hearing about Billoddy's skin time (laughs) (laughs) missile. And now now we know what Robbie thinks of Billoddy. Okay. Episode 75 is live coverage from Jordan's funeral. Um, (laughs) He died of gas poisoning a mere hour after the recording of episode 73. Gas poisoning? Gas poisoning. What kind of gas? Um, nondescript gas. Nondescript death gas. Yeah. Anti-Jordan <laughs> yeah. gas. <laughs> Which I believe the EU is currently having some, uh, some issues with. So <laughs> That's yeah. funny because there's conflict in Jordan. Not, <laughs> not inside of me, the country, for it's anyone who's not. That would be an odd like, moment to announce that. Yeah, Jordan's having turmoil <laughs> at the moment. It's there's conflict in Jordan. Literal biological warfare. Um, yeah, episode 75 uh, from Jordan's funeral is our funniest episode ever. Um, episode 100, the inside jokes get the better of us and we decide to converse purely in lines from past shows. Um, so Jordan at this point has been replaced by the Jordbot 2000, which is a lot like him, but just not from Telford. <laughs> um, episode 150, the Queen comes on the show to be interviewed about her new film, Terminator 2, and send us a birthday card to celebrate us being so old. I'm st- I'm st- the Queen's still alive. <laughs> the Queen's still alive. Episode 150, that's Mac. We're How looking- old is the Queen now? Oh, she is old. old. <laughs> Damn, Queen, you old. What voice was that? <laughs> Damn, Queen, you just old as hell. Look at you riding around in your little Queen mobile. Damn, Lizzie, you old as shit. <laughs> she is I'm old. I'm not sure if I can say these things. Oh, it's a podcast version, it's fine. Treason. Um, <laughs> she is old, years old. Yeah, so she comes on the show, and this is also the episode in which we decide to reveal that the Jordbot 2000's primary directive is to bring down the monarchy. Um, so that's the episode where we really get on the news, and we launch into this later on. This is the start of a beautiful new um, tomorrow. In case anyone doesn't want to know how that one ends, um, spoiler alert, but in something that absolutely hasn't ever, ever happened before, um, in angering the monarchy, the Jordan bot turns up in a tunnel in Paris. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Um... <laughs> Well, I'll defend that. You made a very, very cheap 9-11 joke earlier. If you got away with 9-11, I'll get away with Princess Diana's death. So, (laughs) Right, don't quote me out of context on that. I'll get away with Princess Diana's death. Episode 200. James does a fart into the microphone. Um, I can do that one now if you like. Robbie compares um, this with as a, a joke 
Uh, he compares this to a scene in which someone is in a film and the Joybot 2000 says it reminds him of somebody he went to school with. Ben is at work. <laughs> Episode 500, um, Verbal Discharge returns to its roots doing a one-off show from the D1 studio, or the Phantom Media studios it's soon going to be, after the show moved to Evil FM. The show is now really, really good and everyone loves it. And I'm not just saying this because in the future, following um, what we do to the Queen, the, listening to the show becomes compulsory uh, compulsory action under the premiership of the UKDP or the UK Discharge Party. <laughs> is this a thing we're doing? This is episode 500. Are yeah. we vying for political control Have now? Have we just taken yeah. over UKIP and changed the I to P, D? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, the whole reason I do this show is to push my own agenda. Is Farage <coughs> your shadow puppet? You're no. sort of pushing him out as a proxy uh, politician. <laughs> you, you let them build up some hatred, accumulate a dislike of him, then you come in as the saviour for them all, going, hey, that guy's a bit of an ass." But we here at Discharge, we know what's right for you. And apparently that is just making senseless jokes about Bill Oddie's penis and <laughs> other controversial... We need to stop talking about Bill Oddie's penis. We can't have a running theme of the show being the genitals of that guy who did Spring Watch. Episode 520, where we have finally moved on from Bill Oddie's penis. Um, the episode will reveal that the whole government thing was a hoax and that Jordan is actually still alive. Um, episode 521 is the episode where we kill Jordan. Episode 780 <laughs> is a live show from Camden Queen Palace, which will be an actual place that will exist by the time episode 780 goes out. Hmm. And then then we move on to a very sad landmark, the final ever episode of Verbal Discharge. Oh. Episode 999, which is a live show from a police station where we turn up and hand ourselves in on air. <laughs> For what crimes? All of the crimes I've just mentioned we've committed. Including oh, yeah. killing the Queen in a tunnel in Paris. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying that we'd kill the Queen. I'm saying that George Bot would, would be off and it looked like oh, an accident. Okay. Did you I... know, a bit like happened with... Let's not go down this road. <laughs> to oh. clarify, I don't actually believe those those, those theories. But... The George Bot asked to be treated like a princess, so I put him in the back of my Mercedes and drove into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> sketchy topics here sketchy topics here already this week gentlemen we've got plenty more sketchy <laughs> topics coming up on the rest of today's show along with some other things such as such as such as oh do you want me to tell you what we've got coming up you could or we could not um or, or we could i mean just, or we could tr trim this bit out this is just, a yeah. no this is a fluid process okay, i feel the listeners deserve process. to know exactly how we work oh fair enough okay, okay. i was hoping it'd be like sort of the news and they'll go coming up on tonight on the news at 10 they'll go like ding oh oh you're passing and then it over I'm to throwing me over to you do you want to do like a little like news at 10 jingle and then pass it over to me and jordan See, if i was a I was a good editor person. I'd edit the music from the news at 10 in now. Um, but I know because I'm trying to turn it around very quickly and get the show out tonight, that probably won't happen. So give me a quick, like, a little, little jingle. Tonight on Verbal Discharge. Ding! <laughs> Dung! Um, I don't know how to communicate the notes that I make into a news story. <laughs> Basically, um, I some things I'm going to talk about today. I saw a really weird film the other day. Um, at one point last week, I accidentally did a mock-up at work, at the cinema that I work at now, mm. we'll hear all about that. Also, it's all been going off in my place of birth, Macclesfield, and I've got a very interesting article that I found online for us all to go through. Bing! To add that, to add that, to add to <laughs> that, I'm going to be talking, well, I'm going to be asking these pair of fine gentlemen 
questions, the worst worded questions in quiz history. The worst <laughs> worded questions in quiz history. Yes, which is also not a very well worded sentence. I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm fascinated to see where we go with this. So this, 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 this will be probably a good topic for a laughter tour. What have I... you got, Monsieur Robbie? No, no, Ding! no, no, no. Don't, don't say Monsieur Robbie. Do it like News at Ten handover. Okay. We're professional. I'm <laughs> handing over to Robbie in the Helmand province. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm here reporting live from the Helmand province. And coming up on today's show, we've got goats and the KKK. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Weather reports with verbal discharge. Here at the 10 o'clock news, we'll be using pathetic fallacy to guide you through the emotions of our radio <laughs> station. What, um, our radio station's emotions? Yeah. <laughs> As in Phantom FM and Evil FM or whatever the hell it is that we're called now. We're actually, they're sad or they're miserable? Or... Yeah, spooky, scary, it's skeleton just, FM. It's just raining all the time. Yeah. Just, just non-stop. There is constant rain clouds. We have to put tarpaulin over all of our equipment. <laughs> Whenever we come into the studio to do recording or anything of that nature, we've all got to bring brollies. <laughs> You're lucky that you can't hear all the rain in the background. Yeah. Here. Oh, isn't it terrible? Rain noises. Like flash flood warnings constantly. Like mm-hmm. the last show took six hours to record because we we're constantly being evacuated. <laughs> it Nightmare. was terrible. Yeah, and like I can. There's a, oh look, a duck's just wandered into the studio. It's 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 just 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 awful. Chaos, madness, confusion. That's the news. The weather. That's the weather. That's whatever that was. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. This is I, Lord Admiral Horatio Nelson, and I listen to verbal discharge. Robbie James, I'm yes. going to ask you some questions. Who's I'm... Robbie James? Robbie James. <laughs> 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 Jokes. <laughs> Con- just go. Ha, just go. Was he that guy who won the X Factor that once? Actually, that might. No, that's Robbie Williams. No, Robbie Williams who won the X Factor. <laughs> Robbie Williams was probably on X Factor. That that's Robbie. I had a one hit on a CD, and then when I ran out of being a cash cow, Williams. That's not <laughs> still not Robbie Williams. <laughs> Robbie Gareth Gates or whatever his name was. Do you want Robbie to... Gareth Gates? Yeah. Do you want to move on? Let's move on. Let's move on. So, I'm going to ask you some questions. Each one has three possible answers, multiple choice. Okay. Ooh. Okay. And they're you just pay attention to them because they're not they're not particularly well-worded questions. (laughs) The the first one. In which sport did, and I quote, this is a real person's name, in which sport did Fanny Schmeller win gold? Skiing. Oh, you've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. You know know these questions. Sorry sorry to ruin your segment. German, wasn't it, last year? Winter Olympics or something. Oh, I made this up. Oh, no, no, they were called Fart. There was someone called Fart skiing for Germany. Really? That was funny. That was really funny. Fart. If we if we're going along these lines, I think James may know all the answers, <laughs> depending on how many quiz things he's watched. Oh right, okay. Mm. Well, I'll, I think I'll, I'm still like the reigning champion of quizzes here, aren't I? Yeah, probably. I mean, not not to toot my own um, gloriously large radio quiz winning horn, but the quiz winning horn. The quiz winning horn. It's the horn that I make when I win quizzes. It's like a it's like an old battle cry. Something you do on the battlefield to alert people. I've just, I've got, I've got a horn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in what part of Wales is? <clears throat> okay. 
Lan Flair Poor Gwynny Gonna oh, come go on, Gary Quitch Brilliant CO Go Go If you're not going to Pronounce it correctly What's the point Alright Robbie You pronounce that one Okay um, Yeah Can I conclude with Can Can I sell your Can 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 I Can I Go 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 Can I conclude with Can I sell your Can Okay, fine. But the the double L is your handwriting is not good enough for me to make it yeah, out. Yeah, um, yeah. Our thoughts <laughs> and prayers are with the Welsh during this <laughs> difficult time. Is it in Pembrokeshire, Wye Valley, or Anglesey? It's Pembrokeshire. How do you know that? Because I I I, I have Welsh the... blood running so... through coursing through my veins. What? So what's it shortened to then? Can I? Think... It just sort of it's... puts a dot on, like puts a dot on. or something. If it yeah. puts a dot on, does that not just give it a full stop and make it a definitive article? No, it turns one of the L's into an I. <sighs> the Welsh. Wales. What? Headloo. A rat. Slow. What is both a long-handled garden instrument and an immoral pleasure seeker? Is it A. James? Ho. B. Spade. Or C. Rake? Um, rake. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna no. go with go with Ho. Ho. Mm. Uh, you change it to Ho. I just, I... That, that doesn't respond. Robbie, are you with the hose oh, or not? Let's go. <laughs> Robbie. Always. Robbie, you siding no, with rake. the hose? Rake. Let's go with rake. Robbie's right. Yeah. You what? Yeah. 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 Because a hoe with an E isn't actually the abbreviated form of the, the of whore. What? Really? Rake is a prostitute. Yeah. Sorry, is this a thing? Yeah. And also a garden instrument. It's, a, it's an outmoded term of calling someone a prostitute. Or calling them a rake? Yeah. What? But what? What is that insinuating? Like, you... oh yeah, look at you with your little prostitute going about and cleaning <laughs> up leaves. Do you think anyone's ever like walking along in like I don't know um, the red light district when they sort of see like there's a prostitute lying on the floor and they sort of stand on its toes and it comes up and smacks them in the face and gives them a kiss, <laughs> and then they have to go get themselves checked and find out they've got herpes. <laughs> a oh, wow. sexy rake. It's a sexy rake. The giant cock. On the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square um, is what colour? Blue. White or red? <laughs> oh, James has got this one I, again. I was going to say blue as well. Yeah, but, uh, and Robbie's uh, got swine. it as well. Yes. And I've got one more, and I think James will know this one as well. Andy Cap, the cartoon character, is known as what in Germany? Do you already know this? Have you heard this one? Is it Dick Tingler, mm. Helmut Schmacker, or Willy Wacker? Willy Wacker. I'm gonna oh, I've I've heard this before. I'm I'm going to go with Helmut Schmacker. Robbie wins. Oh, oh, oh no way. Look at me. I'm gonna go Willy away Wacker. and build my quiz horn and toot it round the neighbourhood. So now I am definitely officially the worst at quizzes <laughs> in the It's because I always throw it. I always think, oh I'll go for the funny answer. <laughs> Or, like, someone will say the answer first, and they go, well, I can't say the same as them. No, you've just got to be be scandalous, Jordan. Scandalous. Be, be shameless. Like Golden Balls. Golden Balls was always a scandalous TV show. Now we're talking about quizzes. Oh, God, Golden Balls was morally horrendous. Yeah. It was awful I to watched, watch. I watched one where they got £100,000, and the, the woman is, like, nodding at the man. She's like... I'm not going to steal it. I'm not going to steal it. We'll, we'll split. Mm. We'll split. We'll split. And he's like, all right, I trust you with all my heart. And he chooses to split and she steals it from him. And he starts <laughs> crying on the table. And she's just looking around like, I'm the most horrible person in the world. If you're Jasper Carrot, what do you do in that situation? <laughs> he's the guy I, that I, presented. If, if I'm, 
Am I correct in assuming that in the clip, like even Jasper himself is a bit stunned, mm. and he's a bit like, "What, you terrible person! Don't, don't you go <laughs> taking the moral high ground now, Jasper? You've brewed this concoction, this twisted, toxic little game, you did, bastard." Did they know each other, the man and the woman? Uh, Was it like husband and wife? Was no, that the end of it? No, no. <laughs> I'm leaving you, and I'm taking all of the golden balls <laughs> winnings. I think that you just can like... keep Jasper Carrot. <laughs> did they do your friend? They revived Golden Balls for a short yeah, period, didn't they? With Jasper Carrot again. Yeah. Which I, I, how he just didn't age? I I don't think so. I think he had no hair anyway, so no <laughs> one can tell. Who was the whole the host of the? Do you remember the Crystal Maze? Oh, oh yeah. Have you, oh. have you ever seen that the episode of Crystal Maze? You know where how they'd each go into rooms, all the contestants. Yeah. And if they weren't out in time. Um, their team would have to like pay a crystal in order to get them yeah, out. Well, yeah. I yeah. saw one episode once where they went. Uh, someone got locked inside one of the rooms, and the host was saying, um, "Like, oh, you know, if you can, if you can pay a crystal and get them out." And the team's like, "No, no, we're better <laughs> without them." And they just leave them in there and do the rest of the game without the team member. And the team members there, like by the bars on the door, just going like, "Guys, what the hell?" <laughs> As they walk away off to the jungle little but camp like, or wherever yeah, it was. Jungle run where like they had the end of the final challenge where they had like the monkey with its belly. Oh and they, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. throughout the rest of the game show, they'd build up time and then they could go into the the monkey um, and they try and find like whatever prize would be and it'd be like a Nintendo DS which someone's left lying around inside an ancient temple. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so they'd build up this time and then, but then if they didn't make it back out of the maze in time, they'd be locked inside, like the, the yeah, monkey's tummy yeah, would close and they'd say like, oh, you'll be trapped in there forever. And then like they'd cut back on like the next show and they'd have skeletons lying around the entrance and say, that's the team that didn't make it out. <laughs> that, was, like, that was a kid's show as well, wasn't it? That was a kid's it? show, yeah. That was good. Like, what? And what, my what? brother physically couldn't couldn't watch the program. He'd love it. He'd love it. He'd love it. Then they'd go into the thing and he'd have to leave the room because it was just too stressful for him. What was the name of the two monkeys that had... Sid and Elvis? Sid and Elvis. Sid and Elvis. Who? What? They threw like coconuts and yeah, things, yeah. They, at the contestants while they were trying to balance on that thing and they were wanging coconuts. At <laughs> wanging coconuts. That's my favourite word for throwing. <laughs> I just wang at you. Sorry, <laughs> that was a that was a great program, Jungle Run. You know, another one of these programs, like <laughs> like Crystal Maze, but it didn't involve any intelligence. You, if you were going to go on Fort Boyard, you just needed physical strength and uh, be, oh, be yeah, able yeah. to do crosswords. Oh. <laughs> what a combination! Yeah, it, it, there was there was one point where you just walk into a room and there'd be a really thick rope, and they'd be like, "You have forty seconds. Take this massive sword and cut the rope." And then they go to the next one, and they'd be like a, a wall, and they'd be like, "Take this sledgehammer and knock down the wall." And then you go to the next one, and it'd be like, "Run away from the crocodiles really <laughs> fast." And then they get to the end, and they'd be like, "Right now, do now you've got to make a word." <laughs> <laughs> It just didn't make any sense. I watched it and I really liked it, but I was, I was just like, this is a substitute for Crystal Maze because it wasn't on anymore. <laughs> Have you seen the... Um, there's a relatively recent game show. I think it's on ITV and Release the Hounds. Yes. No. Oh, it's fantastic. No, I am so up for this as a game show. Yeah. Basically, you, you know how they had sort of game shows like Splash where they bring in right. minor known celebrities. Yeah. There's a lot of build-up like here. They are training and they'll do the actual event and it lasts like 30 seconds. Yeah. It's a bit like one of those. But the event that they do is they're put just in front of like a straight path and there's a bunch of markers on the floor signifying a distance. And they let the celebrity run, give them like a 10, 15 second head start <laughs> no. and then literally Release. sick the dogs on them <laughs> and they release hounds and you've got like 
Toby McAbsbro yeah. or Geordie Shaw or whatever trying to desperately bottle it down a woodland pad as two huskies are salivating at the mouth and nipping at his bloody heels. It's fantastic. It is absolutely amazing. The, the better part of the better part is they get people who have real fears of something and then they play on their fears. Oh yeah. yeah like there's what I remember watching this one where they they had to the time they take doing these events. Yeah. If if they do it in a certain amount of time, find the key. Then they, um, then you get a bigger head start, don't you? Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, there's this guy, and he's in the ice cream van, and he's got like a fear of like dilapidated vehicles and <laughs> and, and little children, and they've got even like a dilapidated ice cream van, like playing green sleeves really slow and spookily, <laughs> and he's afraid of like little children and horror films as well. And they get this little girl to keep bashing on the window and screaming at him, he's shitting himself, and then and then they're like, he gets it out, and they're like, yes. Now, with your bare hands, you have to carry this big block of ice and smash it in the keys in the middle. It's like, this is not fair. <laughs> you, he's got, like, a ton of ice, and he has to smash it against the side of the ice cream van while a little girl is plaguing him. <laughs> and See, it, I, I am so, so up for ideas like this as TV shows. You take relatively little loan or minor celebrities, yeah. and you expose them to terrible, terrible things <laughs> and broadcast it live on ITV. So who's been on it? Like, oh, like watching ITV at any other time? Um, oh, it's ITV, things. so they're celebrities who were maybe on an episode of <laughs> Blue Peter back in the late 80s, yeah, and then celeb- haven't oh, so done the, anything since. The ones that aren't under investigation by Operation Utrecht. Uh, <laughs> the few that remain now. Occasionally people who um, self-published a book. Or... <laughs> in fact, that would be an interesting one. If, if, as their fear, they were running away from their guilt of molesting children. <laughs> 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 but they... They somehow managed I'm to like sure personify. Yeah, how you'd form that? <laughs> I suppose you could have like someone uh, chasing them in a mask of themselves, and they've got a doll that they're fondling as they're running through the oh. forest behind them. <laughs> you touched him here, Johnny. <laughs> you touched him here. Oh, I mean, the other option is it could just be the police they're running away from. <laughs> See, I'd so watch this. I'm so, so up for this programme. Why is it I always turn to the name Tommy or Timmy when I'm talking about these things? It was last, was it last podcast when you were like, and what did he say? And I was like, you didn't have to touch him, Tommy. Why is it my go-to name? I'm sorry for anyone out there called Tommy. I'm not insinuating that you molest children. <laughs> Twice in a row. <laughs> but you've just got one of those names. Verbal discharge. Verbal discharge. Do you like donuts, Jordan James? Donuts. Ooh. The brother of Robbie James. <laughs> no, um, I, I do like. I do. I'm partial to a donut. Do you enjoy the brand of donuts? I mean, other donut brands are available. Krispy Kreme donuts. I I do enjoy the taste, not the price. would you ever go to one of the i think there's six in this country and plenty more in the us of the a there's only six in this country surely there's more than six we have one in telford is there oh i don't know how many ever there are but they have no they have a number of restaurants where you can sit in and have like that yeah okay um would you would you go to one of those would you enjoy that i've been to one of those have you you've been to one of those have you been to the one in hull no there's one in hull there's one in hull and more specifically, I know Is you said no. Is it on fire? <laughs> I mean, did it's, you... it's whole, so presumably most of the staff are prisoners, as did... are the entire clientele, because let's be honest, Hull is a big prison. If anyone from Hull is listening... We're stop. not sorry. <laughs> just, just, just leave. Okay, did you, more specifically, did you go to the one in Hull last Wednesday? 
No, not not last one. Or last no. week at all. No, okay. Um, that's a shame because Why? there's no you... CCTV footage, is there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we saw what you did. Um, no, you would have encountered an event, and I mean, if you look through sort of their like they run weekly events, the one in Hull, they're very active. They have the sort of social media presence where they advertise them. Okay. Um, so on Monday they had a, a Monday coffee morning. On Tuesday they had like a, a it was a dunking session. It was like a a, a poet. It was like a poetry thing. It was like a yeah. Um, like you, a live poetry morning coffee donuts nonsense like to get people in get people through the doors. Okay. And on Wednesday, they had an event called KKK Wednesdays. Oh <laughs> no, they didn't. They did. In is amongst, this true? In amongst the coffee mornings and the so on. This is this stands for Crispy Cream Club, but club spelled with a K. Oh no! my god! <laughs> but they decided they advertised it as the KKK Wednesday. Surely, surely, someone in their marketing team clocked that one. You would have thought, but no, it's on posters. You can see posters if you look online of them advertising the KKK Wednesday. Oh my! Days. And I mean, like the like highest level of the corporation over in America has had to go and apologise for the KKK Wednesday. Just out of interest, can we get a hold of one of these posters and put it on the um, blog? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll so, stick that so in. So we, anyone who's listening to this, just go and check over on our blog, <laughs> verbaldischarge.co.uk. .co.uk. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we don't need any of that WordPress stuff. Oh, no. Oh, and um, we'll have a picture up of this KKK club. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pretty remarkable thing. However, as you said, they're, they're play to their marketing team, like... <clears throat> Maybe they did. Fair play to them. Are you sure? <laughs> oh no. Okay, they let they let this one slip through. But they you should see brave. some of some of the suggestions they came up with and didn't let through. Okay, so <laughs> right, here, I'm, I'm, I'm bracing myself here. I have exclusively found some of the items, some of the promotions that the Krispy Kreme donuts team from Hull did not go forward with. Do we okay. do we need to do a preemptive apology for what no. you're about to say? No, no, you don't. Okay. Um, okay. So first one, this was going to go out on last Thursday. Uh, the Ring Public uh, di Saolo, Sa- Saolo. Sa- Try again. You know Mussolini's thing, like <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> the Republic di Saolo. Um, di Saolo. Di Saolo. That's it, isn't it? Di Saolo. Yeah. It was Mussolini's party. All right. But mm-hmm. I put Ring in instead of like Republic, but Ring Public. Um, I mean, sorry, Krispy Kreme Donuts did because Ring Donuts. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked just the exasperation uh, in your voice when you like clocked the lack of a response. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, Move on to the next one. Imperial Jam Faction. Imperial Jam Faction. Imperial Jam Faction, like, you know, like over in Japan. Um, do you see a theme emerging yet? Um, Nazi sweet sizes. Oh, oh, oh. Not like sympathizers, but sweet sweet for sizes. Um, do you see a theme? Do you, do you get the theme? Does anyone um, get I, the? I think theme? I'm seeing like a, a few running ideas yeah. here. So I think basically the idea is these are all fascist organisations. Um, but I've put like a a, a donut based pun in there. Um, so I'll move on to the next one. Papa Jams. Oh. <laughs> um, the joke, of course. No, no, you, you can say it. No, you no, no it's it. fine. It's fine. I'll leave the joke. No, no. You, you can say the joke. No, I'm not saying the because joke. Because we're on the podcast. Because... <laughs> so we're, we're allowed. We're not sworn because to secrecy. Papa Johns are a fascist regime. Um, okay, the next one, moving on, is please only come if you're Jewish. You'll have a great time, we promise. 
Um, that's oh one of the promotions that they didn't oh let through. Um, and then moving on to the final promotion that I came across that I found that actually was produced by um, Krispy Kreme Donuts. Um, this is the Thirsty Reich Coffee Morning. Free showers for everybody. <laughs> what, in a donut shop? Mm. Is this in coffee? Have you yes. never had a shower in a donut shop? <laughs> I, mean, I was. You've, you've I got was, a pretty fun like yeah. twelve seconds before you thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> I was alluding to your third Reich donut things when I'm talking about free showers. We can cut this bit out because that's quite. Oh no no no! We're not cutting a thing. Oh dear! Your your incredibly insensitive pun making is going to go straight into the full podcast. I'm very very sorry. <laughs> Uh, do you think I'm starting to get the feeling that we should put a disclaimer alongside each episode of the podcast we put up? A discharge claimer. We we can work with that. <laughs> th- th- there's something there. There's definitely something there. The discharge claimer. No, I'm I'm ashamed. I'm sorry. I'm ashamed of everything I've just said, and of everything I've ever said, and of everything I've ever looked at or thought. To I'm be fair, just generally if, ashamed. If we were even even minor celebrities, everything we've said on this show would like cause an absolute. Media shitstorm. <laughs> Discharge. Discharge. So, guys, you may remember that last week I mentioned that I've just started working at a at a nondescript cinema, but the name of which I won't disclose. Yes. I think mainly because um, I don't know how they'd be about me saying some of these things. But anyway. Um, I had a thing um, earlier this week, and you may recall my fear surrounding the, as of last week, impending release of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Ah. Uh, and it was going to be dreadful. Um, oh, it's been a bit interesting. It, it's been doing pretty well for its opening weekend and things. Highest grossing film ever directed by a woman. There you are. There's this week's Fifty Shades of Grey trivia after last week saying the French certification. Despite being actually a terrible movie. Oh, God, it is so awful. It is so, so bad. It is I... not even what it just was supposed to break. It was supposed to be ultra, like, sexual and stuff, but it wasn't. It, it fell short of what everyone wanted it to be. The thing was, like, 90% of the audience were going in thinking, like, oh, yeah, it's the big screen and there's going to be some real rompy-pompy. 10% of the audience <laughs> exactly went in. That presumably out of just some kind of twisted curiosity. But the film can't deliver that. And when you have a film that fundamentally can't deliver the main reason everyone has gone to see it, it is forever destined to failure. If it can't achieve its own goals, its own objectives, then it's just going to fail as a film. I think as a big budget, like a relatively big budget, um, like mainstream studio movie, though, like you'd be lucky to get much hardcore sex in, regardless of what the plot is i think that was supposed supposed to be the attractive feature though wasn't it it was supposed to break that it was supposed to be like we're a big mainstream film and we're not scared of showing sex on the screen and then it doesn't happen for everything the book you say about the book and how terrible it is um it did sort of make reading erotica okay i have to yeah i I have to give elj's props for that because she did she did she kind of in a way made things a bit more comfortable around that subject she Hmm. even said herself that she's not a particularly fantastic writer which i suppose you know it's not like she's gone out there and written this and gone oh well i am an amazing writer i am the greatest yeah so (laughs) so i have to i have to i I can't hate on her as a person can you imagine if orwell wrote 50 shades of gray (laughs) i can only imagine his sort of mentally dystopian mr (laughs) gray is watching you 
but just like every in like every time like Mr. Grey gets his dick out, it's actually just, <laughs> it's a, it's all a metaphor for like Sovietism. Yeah, but no, actually, I, I read an interesting article on on this. There was um three three people who were very very um heavily inducted into the fetish and BDSM kind of scene. Okay. Right. And they were they were all talking about how it's nowhere near what it is in reality, how Miss Mr. Grey is actually a psychopath mm. in, in in a fetish or BDSM society. He just wouldn't be accepted and there was he would he would be termed as abusive. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting because it gives you an insight into you know you think it's all this bad, but it's all consensual and all this sort of stuff. So I don't know. And and they they portray Mr. Gray. I don't know in the books they portray him a lot as just a control freak like freak. Like at one point she says she says no and walks off to him and he breaks into her house. That's not that's <laughs> not that's not a healthy relationship. When I um when I was seeing it, I saw it at work. Um, and I saw it at I think the last showing of the day. Um, and there's a bit in the film when they're reading through Mr. Gray's contracts that he signs, outlining the rules of um. You know, th- this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. And Anastasia Seal, the much beloved and gloriously empty and hollow main <laughs> character of the of the series, um, is going through like the specific things she's not alright with. And there's one moment where she reads anal fisting and sort of gives a questioning look to Mr. Gray, and he gives one back, and then she shakes her head and crosses it out. And that that was the biggest laugh the film got. In, in a film that tries to pepper itself with laughter. How does it? And that occasionally there's a few like kind of poorly delivered comedy moments See, and it says a lot about the quality of the film when that was the biggest laugh and the laugh it got was one bloke on the back row went ha! <laughs> 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 but um anyway i realized i was in the i was um anecdoting yeah. and then so, we never actually got anywhere yeah yeah, yeah go, so go sorry I was there in the morning doing the job, take it, and I was ushering, which means like you know you check the tickets, so you show you, people to their you screens. Say doing the job, it sounds like Jason Statham. It sounds like you're taking someone out. <laughs> I was there on the job. I was stood on top of the Odeon, assembling my sniper <laughs> rifle, and just taking down punters that were trying to come in and see uh, Fifty Shades. Nope, <laughs> no, uh, no Christian Grey for you. Buy a ticket for Whiplash, which uh, apparently is quite. It's very very good. It's 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 just brilliant but moving on james was anecdotal we keep cutting him <laughs> off it's okay so i was checking tickets um the first showing of the film or the first film that was on that day uh started at midday bang on 12 and it was 50 shades there wasn't okay. another film on until quarter to one mm. and that film was shown the sheep mm-hmm. so you get all the people coming through so and you just check their tickets and because i was still like right just started the work still not quite into the swing of things ripping the tickets not really checking them sending them down to i believe it was screen two to mm-hmm. go and see the film um, so anyway, I'm sat there on my little ushering box and partway through like the opening 10 minutes of the film, a little old woman that I'd shown in comes out and just go, comes up behind me and goes, excuse me, love, I'm sorry, but I think you've put me in the wrong film. I was like, oh God, have I? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Could I just check your ticket? So I check a ticket. Um, and she's gone there to see Sean the Sheep and I've shown yeah. her straight into Fifty Shades of Grey. And there was a bit of an, an odd moment where we had to go to like, oh, God, I'm really sorry about that. And then she went, it's all right, Doc. It just doesn't do much for me at my <laughs> age. <laughs> and then it turned out she was, she was pretty lovely. And then, yeah, that, that, was a, that was what happened. That was the highlight of my working week. I accidentally <laughs> put a lovely little old woman into a film about like an abusive relationship yeah. and senseless BDSM. <laughs> I when I went to see Spring Breakers, which incidentally I thought was great. I know not. Oh, it did. is a good film. I um, enjoyed it. And 
there was a old like it was fo- there were a couple of like dirty people and I felt pretty sort a of a couple of dirty people yeah like, like just ro- they just been rolling role. in mud um no and <clears throat> no I I was seventeen actually I snu- it's an eighteen certificate I snuck in um just for like balls out confidence of just like yes I'm eighteen what are you gonna do about it <laughs> um. <laughs> See, in my mind, when I'm picturing this, I imagine you've got, like, a really loose-fitting suit on. You've drawn a moustache on yourself and gone up to that. Hello, I am an adult man, and I would like to see this film. I indulge in many fine beers and the occasional cigar. I do man things. I have the job. (laughs) I I put a cravat on to make myself look older. No, uh, but basically, sort of like... Yeah, you've seen the opening montage of Spring Breakers. Jordan, have you seen yeah, it? Yes, yes. Yeah, and I don't know if listeners haven't. Uh, it's basically just like a montage of bare breasts and bums <laughs> and just flesh, human flesh, like General in montage. smot and filth. With Skraylex playing over the top. Skraylex. You, you do sound like with the patient, uh, that, that good old pensioner that goes, oh, those kids these days listening to their Skrillex. What's his name then? What's his name? Skrillex. And their childish gumbo. That's what I was... I, I'm going off what the Skrillex kids told me. sounds like um, sort of scale trick gone wrong. Skolex was a demon, so... Okay, well... And Skeelex was a little-known holiday special set in the Superman universe in which Lex Luthor goes to the Alps and goes skiing. <laughs> There was sort of st- that montage plays, and there's an old lady sat in on her own on the row in front of me, and she gets up and she begins to walk out. Um, at which point, sort of, it cuts away, and it's got the, the girl sat in a classroom, and she's just getting to the edge of it. She comes back and sits back down in a seat, oh. um, and you're thinking, oh, okay. Um, so clearly, she's in the right film here. Right, um, okay. but but she's having reservations. Yeah, I think she's just realised what she's come to watch. I don't know whether she's just going. I like that James Franco, and <laughs> decided to to pop along and see him as a raster. Um, but no, so he's not you then raster. Get... He's just got dreadlocks. I I was trying to find another way, whatever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we then reach sort of like I don't know an hour into the film whenever James Franco first turns up. And then there's a scene between him and Selena Gomez, which is pretty uncomfortable to watch. And she gets up again and begins to walk out. Um, and she actually did walk out. I should have just said that there. She, oh. she walked out there. Um, but clearly she'd been like, I could see on the row in front of me. And she was really uncomfortable throughout the whole thing. It was just sort of entertaining to watch. So you weren't even watching the movie. I was, just yeah. I was a poor little old lady. <laughs> this was the highlight of it for me. It was just the old lady's discomfort. I am a terrible human being. Schadenfreude is it? No, wait, that's misery, other people's misery, not yeah, other yeah, people's yeah. discomfort. Mm. I suppose it's sort of two sides of the same coin, though. Yeah. Because I, I think surely well, surely discomfort is like a subcategory of misery. And you... misery itself being a subcategory of despair. At what bank are coins that trade in misery and uh, discomfort used as national currency? <laughs> Like, where can I buy something with one of those? The where bank I... of broken dreams. <laughs> What's the exchange rate on that? How much discomfort like makes up for a pound? 
Is the, the pound currently strong to this discomfort? How's the exchange rate looking? I'd like to purchase some discomfort, please. And they're like, yeah, sure. And, the, you know, you give them a couple of quid and then, like, a really burly-looking guy called Stavros comes <laughs> out from the back and he's wearing, like, a greasy wife-beater vest and he just stares at you and makes you really uncomfortable. Oh, then after 30 seconds, he leaves and you're like, yeah, that's pretty... That's my discomfort fix for the day. <laughs> Is wife beater vest? Does it like just have the two words "wife beater" written like on it, like I, in bold letters? You know what I mean. As in, like the the, the kind of skinny, the greasy like, white tank. Yeah, like, that used thing. to be white, but they're now grey. I also imagine he's got like bits of food crusted into it, yeah. and like he's got a bunch of hair and maybe some like yeah. kind maybe of maybe he's got and... a can of Stella and I yeah. just furthering enhancing the wife beater. <laughs> He's got a Bronx accent. Is it some knuckle yeah. dusters? This is, this is quite the character we're assembling here. Yeah, I feel he can become a regular. We can have him on next week's show, like Stavros. Bobby the Wife Priest. Oh, Stavros, he had a name. Stavros. Stavros. Anyway, Bobby. <laughs> and if anyone would like to keep up with uh, Stavros the Wife Beater, you can hear him next week here on Verbal Discharge, where he'll be pulverising a dash hund live on air. <laughs> or you can follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Stavros at the White Peter. Burly Stavros. And don't forget the Instagram where he stares uncomfortably at the camera. <laughs> I imagine the only things he tweets are just kind of drunken ramblings. It's just slur and he's just been mashing at the keypad on his phone. Like that drunk guy at the back of the bus on the way to college every day. Sorry. Was this a Is thing? this a flashback? Yeah. Sorry, yes. your eyes just faded yeah. out. Did you, did you just have a moment? <laughs> yes, I had a moment. Used to be this this, this guy, and he, he wasn't he wasn't um and he wasn't a un, well he wasn't pleasant, but he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't a nasty, he wasn't a malicious yeah. person, but he was he was constantly drunk and he was always on my bus to college. There's morning. always one. And I remember the one day, this was when me and Shannon had just just started going out. We were sat this together. This is Jordan's girlfriend. Sat together on the bus. Yeah, this is my girlfriend. Yeah. Sorry, Robbie. Whenever I say my girlfriend, Robbie goes, "Just say Shannon." <laughs> so now when I say with Shannon, he goes, "Well, Shannon's girlfriend." <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's another thing. Hi, Shannon. <laughs> um, How are you doing, girl? No, we, we were sitting on the bus together, and he, he he comes and sits in front of us, and he turns around, and he's got like I don't know what it is. It's like green drool green. coming out of his <laughs> mouth. It's something not quite healthy, mm. and he turns around and he starts talking about his childhood. And he starts crying, and he, he was like, I like to talk to my mother, but she's not here anymore. It makes me very sad. And he started crying, and we were like, we should really comfort him. And then he started talking about how, when he was young, he was um, a boy in that, like, he was like an altar boy. Mm. And he was like, I drank some of the wine. They didn't, they told, they told me not to, but the older boys, they encouraged me, and I was so naughty. And it was just like, this is such an uncomfortable... <laughs> now, that is dealing in, like, misery and uncomfortableness. That, was, yes. that isn't even dealing in misery. That is wallowing and in he, a lifetime. He was sat of... next to this poor girl just on her way to college. She was, like, spitting all over her. She was just kind of sinking into the <laughs> side of the bus. Was he played by Bob Hoskins, perchance? <laughs> was he, like, like sensitive gangster character? <laughs> so, Jordan, you know how your life has been a Mike Lee film? <laughs> 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 Everything is improvised. Hey, hey! What a wonderful kind of day! Day! To work and laugh and play! Play! And have fun with some discharge! Discharge! So, this is going out on the Friday, uh, which means that on the Wednesday, the Thursday, sometime in the last week anyway, sometime that makes it still relevant, it was Chinese New Year. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah! Which means that it's officially a new year in China. Um, this year, of course, is the year of the goat. Oh, oh. my favourite. No, not my favourite animal. <coughs> not but your favourite animal? I do admire its ability to eat things it shouldn't. Yeah. Goats are shitty animals, though. They're arseholes. I don't know. I, I kind of enjoy goats. 
Um, you enjoy goats. There were, yeah, there were 10 goats in particular that I enjoy. Um, I feel my definitive, the most definitive verbal discharge, top 10 goats okay. to celebrate the year of the goat. I don't know, have either of you got a favourite goat before we launch into this? Or? Um, the second Billy Goat Gruff. Okay, okay, it's a good goat. Specifically that, the second one. That goat from that Ramstein video where they cut it to pieces. Oh. I think that was a brilliant performance. That was unfortunate, but a great goat. Okay, so kicking things off Number 10 in the Verbal Discharge Goat Countdown Give us the goats, Robbie Clive the Goat Clive the Goat in at number 10 And number 9 is Ben the Goat No relation to our very own Ben Knight of this parish Ben the Goat at number 9 Any disagreements so far? Anyone? I think they're two pretty great goats I've got to say Clive and Ben the Goat, yep. obviously. Ob- clear contenders. Yep. Um, we all know Ben the Goat, yep. don't we? <laughs> and the things we could say about him, you know, I don't even think we have to say them. No. No, <laughs> we, we don't. Um, number eight. Duh, 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 duh. Bob the Goat. Ah, the inventor of electricity. Yes, Bob yeah. the Goat was Bob indeed. Goat. Yeah, uh, he's commonly misconstrued, but he was actually the inventor of electricity, Bob the Goat. Ooh. So I mean, until it was cruelly stolen away by under the pseudonym of Tom Nicholas Tel- Telsa? Tel- Tesla. That's what I'm looking for. Was Tesla the electricity one? Which one was Edison? Edison made a light bulb, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, and okay. Tesla liked to shock things. <laughs> These aren't the top ten humans, though. We're doing the top ten goats. The top ten humans will be in a few Chinese New Year's time. Um, <laughs> number seven is number seven in the top ten goat countdown. Other Brian the goat. Other Brian the Goat. Other Brian, not Brian the Goat, because Brian the Goat has different connotations, but other, the other Brian, the other goat that was called Brian, because there's, there's only two of them. Um, but Brian Mainly the, due to licensing laws. Brian the Goat may come in. Is he the one there. that tastes really good when you put him in a curry? Oh. <laughs> Actually, he might. He might, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I hear he's good. very free range for a goat. I think I think that was him. I think that was that was other Brian the Goat. Okay, I'm moving on to six in the top ten verbal discharge goat countdown is Liam the goat. Okay, okay, Liam went the to goat. School with Liam the goat. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. He's I went from to school with Liam. No, nah, he's. You're thinking of the other one. This one's from Salford. Salford. Yeah. <laughs> he's a rough goat. <laughs> you wouldn't mess with Liam the goat. No, nah, not around Salford. You wouldn't see him stumbling <laughs> around the keys early on the you know Sunday mornings in the wee early hours back from his. You know, evening out at Big Anne's or wherever that place is called. Big Anne's. <laughs> Big Anne's is a place in Salford, I think. Oh, wow. It's well known because Guy Garvey from Elbow sometimes goes there and gets on the piss with goats. <laughs> now, there's an image. Uh, number five. Number five in the top ten village has goat countdown is Flopsy the goat. Ah. Flopsy, um, who was, of course, a goat adopted by my own father oh. at Manor Farm um, in Nottinghamshire. Oh. Flopsy the goat, of course, also invented the Ugg boot. Um, moving on to duh, 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 duh. number four, Jake the goat. Ah, oh, Jake the goat. Yeah. How could we forget Jake the goat? John, remind us what Jake the goat's done. <laughs> I believe Jake the goat was the pioneer of the flight suit. Yes, the flight suit for goats. No, yes. no, 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 for humans. 
Oh really? Yeah. Was that him as well? Was it based on his goat designs? Yeah, based yeah, and on they his moved goat on. Designs, and oh then wow! They, and then they moved the arms and legs around a bit. Yeah. Got the stretchy bits in the right place. I always assumed someone else made it for humans. I I knew he did it for goats. He also frequents the um, establishment. He made the wind tunnels for orphans, didn't he? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I oh God, if I'd known all of that, I might have moved him a bit further up. But it doesn't matter because he's definitively the fourth best goat of all time, which is still a pretty high. Because think how many goats there are. Like you know, in Fiji, goats outnumber men uh, six to one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, like that's a lot of goats. That is a lot of goats. So or just not a lot of men. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Jake the goat is better than all of them because none of the goats on the rest of this list are from Fiji. Mm. Sorry, mm. Fijian goats. I think you're pretty cool. Um, moving on to the top three, the top three goats of all time. Goats. Phil the goat. Oh, Phil the goat. I, this is potentially a controversial one, but I think Phil the goat's contribution has been spectacular. Oh, what's he? What's he like? Phil the goat He's making all of his goat things. Incredible. Just, just, just a remarkable goat. Um, and I, I, I think he's a really special individual. Um, and it, it saddens me when people don't see him as that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, um, to the the second best goat of all time. Kevin the goat. Oh, of course, the inventor of the tequila trough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amongst other things, amongst other things, I think he's more in there for his humanitarian work. Um, and also but he that, also did invent that, that that bar that he owned um, that only served uh, mammals and other <laughs> other farmyard life. As in, it served those as food, or only served that like those the only people it would provide. Food oh no to. no no! It only it only let them in at the premises. Oh, people yeah. come in and say, "Excuse me, mate, can we see your farmyard critter <laughs> ID?" No, like, oh sorry, mate, I left it at home. No, not tonight, mate. Not with those hooves. <laughs> but yeah, he made the uh, tequila trough. It's just a trough full of tequila. And, and then, all, the, all the goats queue up and then stumble home. Then use the profits to cure goat cancer. So great guy. Great guy, Kevin the Goat. <laughs> goat cancer. Goat cancer. It doesn't even target a specific part in that species. It just, <laughs> it just affects the entire goat. <laughs> goat cancer. Okay, I think on that, uh, we'll move on to the single greatest goat of all time according to verbal discharge the greatest goat that's ever lived is of course that's the full theme tune this time the greatest goat of all time the number one in verbal discharge's top 10 goats in the year of the goat countdown is brian the goat oh that's controversial one i don't know that is controversial because i know he won a Nobel Prize for yeah. curing the Spanish flu. Yeah. And but, for curing goat cancer. And for curing goat <laughs> cancer. But he also developed nerve gas. We can't yeah. forget that. But you think about when he developed that nerve gas, how many goat lives did he save um, through not allowing the, <laughs> the Great Goat War of 1913 <laughs> to and go I'm, on any longer? We're all sure, listeners, if you speak to your grandparents about that one, they'll <laughs> say, yeah, kids, we remember... <laughs> We remember the Great Goat War of 1913. <laughs> All of the goats rose out of the ocean, arms to the teeth. <laughs> of the ocean? Yeah, because obviously that's where they've been lying in wait in the little goat submarines, which are nothing but like, they're a bit like, you know the Slave One that Boba Fett pilots in the like early Star Wars films? 
It's like that, but it's just a giant goat head, and they look out of the eyes. <laughs> no, I'm picturing you know the bit in Casino Royale where um, Daniel Craig comes out of the sea and just sort of like slowly and then in walks his forward. Yeah, in his speedos. That's how I'm picturing the goats slowly emerging, kind of flicking their tufts around with their chiselled like... abs and <laughs> massive pecs. <laughs> <laughs> They've got no necks for all that muscle on their shoulders <laughs> doing their sexy out of the beach out of the ocean goat walk and then doing a press release saying they'd never wear speedos in a bond movie again <laughs> you know how I'm... like at fashion events you've got the catwalk yeah and people walk out on catwalks i'd like to see a goat walk and it's a bit like a catwalk but instead of walking everyone sort of hobbles on all fours along well, the, like, the because... stage and occasionally just will headbutt all the models <laughs> for no real reason. Because cats are famous for walking on two hind legs slowly and deliberately. Why is it called a catwalk? I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Um, though I do think Brian the Goat would make a great James Bond. I know he's in the running. Um, people have said a lot about because he's, I mean, he's a pygmy goat. Um, people won't accept him because he's not a white male. Um, but I think I'm perfectly fine with the idea of Brian the Goat playing James Ooh. Bond. And I'm sure that we can all agree that Brian the Goat is the rightful winner. Yep. Wonderful segment, Robbie. Thank I, you. I like your list of goats. I Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've just had breaking... Um, you know what we were always saying? Like, you can get in touch with us on the Facebook and on the Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're at Verbal Discharge on Facebook and at Verb Dis Radio on Twitter. I, I'm um, aware. We're at UK as well. You can comment and things and we will read them. Um, I've just had one of these said comments. Oh? On this segment that we're not doing live. Um, <laughs> it's in all caps. So, I mean, I'll try not to shout, but I might have to because it's just it's how you have to read them. I cannot believe Verbal Discharge left Terence the Goat off their list of top 10 goats. Oh. For me, Terence is the most important goat of the 21st century. He is the reason goats are viewed with the respect in modern culture. The respect in modern culture? I think you should have read your letter over again, mate. Um, he single-handedly changed the way that hooves tread over castle grids and was a fantastic eater of dishcloths to boot. The fact that he cannot make a top two goats, admittedly Brian the Goat is a fantastic goat, this guy adds, never mind a top ten goats, is absolutely awful. I am never listening to your show again. Sincerely from Terence from Alpherton. Well, thanks Terence, that, that was an uh, insightful comment. impassioned. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, Always we... nice to know that we're, we're dividing the listener base. <laughs> dividing the listener base through but goats. I stand by my comments that that is the top 10, that's the definitive top 10 of the best goats. Oh, okay, so that was our top 10, so moving on. Oh, we've had some more feedback. We've oh. had some more feedback. Uh, this one comes from Jean from Texas. She's sent it in via Instagram, which we're not on. Um, she says, <laughs> uh, this again, in all caps, oh my God. I, I, I don't know, should I read it in American you, accent? She's from Texas. Do it. Give it a go, give oh it a my, go. Oh my God. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just reel that back in. Gee willikers. <laughs> Was that a Texas accent? That sounded like a sorority girl from, <laughs> from Oklahoma. Uh, it was an Oklahoma I don't know, I don't I'm know sorry. enough about the US to, <laughs> to, say, dialect. to place the accent. Oh my God. Verbal discharge is just so misogynistic. That's just nasal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to read it normally, but okay. sort of shouty, because again, this is all caps. Oh my God, verbal discharge is so misogynistic. 
all their favourite goats are male goats. Can you believe this? Where do female goats get any love? The treatment of lady goats in farm farmy wood, farm farmy wood, like farmy wood, farmy wood, like Hollywood, um, ah. is appalling. They're always overly sexualized and play no role other than rutting with well-developed male goat protagonists. I feel Verbal Discharge is directly responsible for this, and I cannot believe a show that I otherwise love and admire greatly, thanks, Gene, has stooped to such a level that they would openly slate female goats. Um, that's impassioned feedback again there. Should we... Do we need to issue an apology to any female goats we may have offended? No, I stand by my list. I feel the 10 best goats all happen to be male. And besides, Flopsy's a girl. So get over yourself, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel that's... Oh, no, no, more feedback. Oh, oh more? It's just flooding in. People are really... Like, we've never had this much feedback. Never mind on goats. On the segment we're not doing live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one, I'm just going just gonna to read again. Oh, my God. Verbal discharge is so racist. Okay, fine. Um, I'm surprised this is the thing that everyone's angry about, but there we go. Um, There are more than 300 breeds of goats on Earth, and the traditional British pygmy goat only makes up 12% of all goats worldwide. The fact that they have not identified any goats from other backgrounds, such as the great goat antelopes of Cambodia, um, makes me want to grab one of them at random and torture them. Maybe I will, or maybe I will with all of them. Yes, I will lynch them all. I will pull the throat out of the hairy, shrieky one, sit on the sort of brummy one until he bleeds, and throw the deep northern one out of a window. I do not know the other one well enough, but I probably hate him as well. That's from Longbeard, who's in the North Sea. Thanks, Longbeard, but um, goat antelope don't exist. They do. Actually, they do. Great do goat they? Is this yeah. a thing? Uh, in Cambodia, yeah. Goat the, the, antelope. Yes, I know that because I researched it when I wasn't... Oh, no, because Longbeard researched it when he was writing that letter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is it a goat that looks like an antelope I think or an so. antelope that looks like a goat? Or... I don't know. It was the first goat that came up when I googled types of goat. I mean, when Longbeard googled types of goat. Um, or like the Wikipedia list, it was the first item there. So, I mean, I am ultimately pretty lazy. Top goats. Top, Top goats. goats. Top goats. The indisputable top goats. Quality Who's goats. indisputable top goats. Top notch goats. Another great card him. game to play with your friends. How is your goat's headbutt ability? Is it rated <laughs> over a 50 or not? <laughs> How stubby is its legs? Roll your 20-sided dice yeah. to determine yeah. your goat's rotting. <laughs> <laughs> Roll your die for a quick agility save. Oh, more feed, more feedback. More feedback. More feedback. This is from Joe. God, it from is just pouring in. Pool. Joe pool. from Pool. Joe from Pool. Yeah, like down in Dorset. Pooly. Um. Pooly. 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 Pool. Okay. Um. Can I just say all caps? All of these are in all caps. You because think... that is the best way to get your point across, people. It is. If you want to get your point across, especially in a official essay that you're writing for your exam, write in all caps. Can I just say that I love the, the way verbal discharge has finally outed themselves? I always saw it, saw it as a male-centric pygmy supremacist show, and to hear it confirmed is fantastic. I've been a fan since episode 3, Iron Man, Child Murderer, but only now, hearing my prejudices ratified, have I realised that I don't just have a crush on Jordan, I am actually in love with him. That's from Joe in Pool. Joe, uh, Jordan, what do you have to say to that? Um, thanks, Joe. I mean, you know, it's always nice that to have that sort of admiration from a fan. 
I'm not entirely sure I'm happy with you and your setup across the street from me, if that's you. <laughs> but whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat, I'll just make sure my blackout curtains are drawn. So um, I think we're moving on from this segment now. Um... Oh, oh, God, you would have thought, you would have thought that'd be all, all of the feedback we've received. But no, I mean, it just keeps coming. <laughs> the feedback just won't stop coming oh. in. It's almost like people know that you can get in touch with us at Verbis Radio. Is there any end to the feedback? Okay. um, No, really. (laughs) Is there any end to the feedback? I cannot believe that Verbal Discharge's top 10 goes are all dead. (laughs) (laughs) There are some really fantastic things going on in the world of contemporary goats. And for none of them to be recognised at all is appalling. The work of goats such as Fred the Goat and Graham the Goat is every bit as good as arty-farty old 18th century nonsense of Clive the Goat or Liam the Goat. Uh, that's from J.M.W. Turner, um, the famous British artist who died in the early 1900s. Um, and, oh, God, one more. One more piece of... Why wouldn't this feedback end? Honestly, <laughs> I, I just want... I just I, want to move on. I think we're vocalising the, the thoughts of the entire group <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are Verbal Discharge focusing on goats? Last year was the year of the horse, and it was a fantastic year for horses everywhere. Why is there no retrospective on how good horses are? Why is there no recognition for the work put in by great horses like George the Horse and John the Horse and Nigel the Horse? Um, really, you should have used a comma there, uh, mate. But See, that's, that's preemptive. They're not ready for our year of the horse retrospective, which is coming <laughs> up in the uh, coming shows. Um, I don't like goats. Don't tell me about goats. And don't keep reading feedback about goats. That's from James Bosson from Macclesfield. No relation. Um, <laughs> okay, and that, thankfully, that looks like all the feedback. No, we've had more. Oh, <laughs> oh my dear God. God. No, I'm, I'm going to call it there. I'm going to end it there. Um, there is the, the feedback simply says stop talking about goats. And it's from myself. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to end this segment there for actuality. Um, I believe we, we, we delivered a definitive list of the top 10 goats. Um, and we finally talked about something more than Bill Oddie's penis on today's show. You know what that segment reminded me of? What's that segment remind you of, James? You know how if you ever buy like any book copies of say like important documents, let's say the communist manifesto is the one that springs to mind. (laughs) And the actual communist (laughs) manifesto is like six pages long. And then you've got another 200 pages of analysis. <laughs> That's what that was. That was the discharge equivalent of the Communist Manifesto. It was, it was, it was clear satire. Top 10 it goats. Was, it was pretty excellent, um, I felt. I felt it was one of the best segments I've done in the last minute. It's a wonderful evening here with the cast of Verbal Discharge. So guys, guess what's happened recently? Uh, uh. Thing. Chinese New Year. And I think on Chinese New Year, it's time for me to read my top 10 goats. No, no. <laughs> on behalf of our listener base and myself, you put your goats away, Robbie. You've, you're getting my goat. That's good. That's good. That's a good joke. Oh, don't humour me. So uh, <laughs> um, there's an article I found on the BBC News website. Ooh. I believe I've, uh, you've both ideally had a look at this. I, I know that the BBC News website exists. The article is called Angry Indian Bride Marries Wedding Guest. <laughs> oh. And it just, it, it kind of caught my eye. And it's a relatively short article. We'll post a link to it alongside the description yeah. to this podcast. But I, I found it interesting because basically a man and a woman were trying, or they were going to get married. Mid ceremony, the, the groom, mm. the husband to be, 
has an epileptic fit and has to be taken to the hospital as he's having a seizure and writhing around on the floor. Um, and his wife, who was apparently a bit irritated with, um, with him ruining a big day like that, <laughs> just picked someone from the crowd and someone who was just at the wedding she got married to. And this, this person was just like, yeah, all right. That's... <laughs> um, apparently, that, that's all I'm I can re- really gauge wow, from, from the article. Um, hmm. where she asked a member of her brother-in-law's family, who was a guest, to step in and married her instead. He agreed. And then we got some um, vaguely more... Uh, elaborates a little bit on the actual event itself. According to a report in the Times of India... God, that is a that is a vague, vague title <laughs> for a publication. The, the Times, Times of, of India. India. Back in the Times of India. According to a report in the Times of India, Mr. Kishore, 25, fell to the ground in front of the wedding guests just as he was reaching out to Garland Indira. I don't know what's going on here. But basically... The thing that drew my eye about this article is the fact that someone obviously yep. collapsed mid-ceremony mm-hmm. and someone else was plucked out, plucked out of the audience and did the wedding. And it sounds to me like a Bollywood sitcom. <laughs> and this is where we've got homework for next week. Oh, okay. okay. Boys and girls of the Discharge team. We yes. are each going to, for the next show, yep. write a premise... For the Bollywood sitcom, we will write one each. Yeah. Um, in which the bride will marry mm-hmm. a member of the attending wedding audience okay. after her husband to be has a seizure. <laughs> and you can go wherever you want with this, very loose terms. I would like us all to go away, have a bit of fun, and then we can report back next week with hopefully some interesting okay interesting responses and if anyone listening also wants to get in touch and they have their own suggestion then you can do that um you can get in touch with us at the facebook where we're discharged i can post on our wall or you can send us a message everything must be times new roman <laughs> font 12 double spaced um i'm and, joking you don't have to do that you can tweet us at verbis radio uh, the email address i mentioned last week aren't working at the moment so perhaps don't do that or you can if you're listening to it online this podcast uh, you can go on the blog, the verbaldischarge.co.uk. You can just comment underneath, and we'll pick out a couple of the best. I think we'll, if we get enough responses, we might pick one and give a prize out because I'm looking into some, some some goodies. Maybe we'll see. Okay, we'll see. What I'm we not going to promise anything, but we might. We might think about sending you some tat. Okay, some tat. Some and tat. and on that note, you know what, guys? It may be time for us to recede back into the ethereal nether realm from whence we came for another week and call this this proceedings of the discharge to a close what a, what a terrible thing but I, I i feel as though we've we've had some valid time here we've learned some things we've learned an awful lot about goats <laughs> more than about anything goats. it's been a very more than some people would like to know <laughs> we've learned that goats are surprisingly aggressive commenters online yeah. <laughs> which i can't honestly say that i would have anticipated from the goat demographic no. do you think this is all the submissions we're going to get of bollywood sitcoms they're just goats Angry cats, just, just goats telling us like I'd if, marry him, like Clive saying, "Oh, I'd, I'd have married him because that's what goats sound like." Angry caps locks goats. Is that a band name? <laughs> angry caps lock goats. No, maybe no. you'd have to. Angry goats. Angry goats could be a band name. Hmm. It's like a spin-off of Angry Birds. But you're just hurling goats. Yeah, it just they charge on their own. They just headbutt the rocks. And Lord just... knows they'd cause chaos. Goats flying through the air. I haven't seen anything like that since that, since the incident. But we don't talk about that. 
So on that bombshell, um, thank you very much for listening, audience, listeners, listener, whoever you are, yeah. wherever you are. Cheers for listening to another exciting instalment yeah. of whatever the hell this is. <laughs> thank you very much, James. Final word: hummus. <laughs> <laughs>